Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Reveal it to me. Then it went on to say something similar. It said, Lord, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. And I wonder if there's anybody in the house that could really say that and mean it. God, not my will, but thy will be done. It's easy to quote that scripture, but are you willing to sacrifice some stuff? Some desires that you may have, knowing that God has a greater plan for your life. Are you in the position now to say, God, I want him. He's fine as he could be. God, I desire her. I think I want her to be my wife. God, I want my healing right now. But are you willing to say, God, nevertheless, I'll go through it. Not my will. But your will be done. Oh, come on. There's some Jesus folks in here. See, it's real tight. It's real tight. But Paul said, I want to know him. And to know him, he didn't just say, I want to know him. He said, but God, I want to know you. He says, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. There's power in knowing God. And that's something to shout about. That you know God is going to get up and he's going to resurrect some dead things in your life. But the real struggle comes in our flesh when, it, when the scripture goes on to say that I also want to know you in the fellowship of your suffering. That means I want to link up with you a little bit. I can go through a little something, something with you a little bit. God, I can hang in there if you want me to hang in there. But I, I want to know you. I want to know you in the fellowship of his suffering. See, I'm so tired of church folk playing church. Look, don't let this suit uh, fool you, all right? Don't let this little dress fool you. But the same God I rock with my jeans and the same God I rock in this dress, the same God I rock when I change my weave, he's just God all by himself. I don't really care what you think about me, but I know that God has put something in me, and I've come to give you what he's given me to give you. There lies the problem. So many of us running. Running, 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 running scared. Running from what God has already destined for you. Okay, I'm getting to the message. I'm getting to the message. I get excited when you talk about Jesus. I get excited when there are real people that are real committed to Jesus. You, you know, I'm so used to in the 21st, well, in the 19th century, the 21st century, so many folk playing church. You know, you come in here, get your little two-step going on. Ah, and go home and you're not changed. There's no change in your life. But God has called a new church. He's looking for the remnant. Is there a remnant? Okay. The, the pastor got it. I, I feel a remnant over there, uh, uh, Pastor Arthur. Is there a remnant that lies here where you're saying, God, I give myself away. I give myself to you so that you could use me. I have my own desires. I have my own wills. But, God, I'm willing to stand before you naked and say, God, it's not what I desire because I know that greater things that you have in store for me, if I could totally just surrender to the will of God on my life, it's not easy. I don't stand here in, 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 at, at this sacred spot just telling you that it's, that it's easy. But it's the best thing that you could ever do when you say, God, I give myself right back to you. Because uh, you belong to God. 
Oh, don't get it twisted. Now, look, you can let T.I. walk around here and tell you you can have whatever you like. Okay, hell will be yours. Keep it up. You cannot have whatever you like, but you can have the will of God for your life if that is what you desire. So, God, we worship you. I bless you on this eighth anniversary. God, I honor you. Lord, we thank you for what you've done through many dangers, tolls, and snares. Lord God, you've already come. But the grace of God. Your grace, Lord, that has kept your people, that continues to keep your people, but for your grace and your mercy. And today, Lord, at this hour, we say thank you. God, we come into your presence with a praise on our lips, and we say thank you, Lord. We didn't deserve it, God, but you saw fit, so we say thank you, Lord. Father, you made a way when there seemed that there just was not a way. And so, God, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, we bless you tonight. We honor you, Lord. We know that your word is already blessed. But God, even now, I pray that you would touch your woman servant, God, that you would strengthen my body, Lord God, that you would give me, Lord God, uh, the anointing, Lord God, that causes, Lord God, yokes to be broken, Father. I pray now, God, that you would preach this word because if you don't preach it, God, I can't speak it. So, God, I ask you to have your way, Lord. Whatever you will, Lord, I know the time, I know the agenda that has been set. But right now, God, I submit to your will. And I say, God, do what you do best, God. Show out in this place, Lord God. Let your people hear you with a a, a tangible ear, God, that they will walk away from this place knowing that they have been in the presence of God. Now, God, don't let it just be tinkling to their ears. But as your word pours into our hearts, Lord God, I pray that you would change us, Lord God. That we won't only be hearers of your word, but we will be doers of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. And let all of God's people say amen. Amen again. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just give God a praise for eight years? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, 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 praise God. in the Holy Ghost sing it this time. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Praise God. Like you got something to bless him for. Yeah. Praise Praise God. Praise God. 
on and do what you sing about. Hallelujah. I'm a worshiper. Get ready for it and get used to it. Hallelujah. Have you got anything to bless God for tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. And if he never does anything else. See, that's a theological impossibility right there in itself. Because God is a giving God. God is a providing God. God is a right now God. God is a healing God. So it's impossible for him not to do anything else. But if he never did anything else for you, you ought to give him praise just for Calvary, just for obedience to the cross. That's something to praise God about. If you can't even think back in your mind of what he's done for you. Oh, Pastor, I remember when I came to your first service, we were in a hotel room. But it seems like God has brought you from a mighty long way. And that's something to praise God about. Oh, y'all don't know. You know, it's like the old folks that say, uh, you're standing on the backs of the older people because you don't know what it was like when you were scrambling money out your friends to give a little donation so that you could have water or juice to serve the folks after the service. It's not because I wanted to glorify myself. It's not because I wanted to get the glory, but I wanted to give him glory by serving others. And so through that, God made a way. He provided, and then he took you from a storefront and brought you to an even bigger sphere of influence. Look at God, and you think that this is it. Well, baby, the God we serve has a word for you tonight. And I sat on this word, and, and I've been sitting on it, and I'll tell you how the devil uh, is, but I, I, I guess I give it over to God, and I'll tell you why I give it over to God, because I had a rough week. But whenever I had to preach, and well, really it's been a rough month, because it's been from service to service, preaching, preaching from week to week, and so it's just been rough between my job and ministry. I'm, I'm exhausted. My body's tired. I, my, I, just, I know I'm cute and I look straight today. Don't, you know, don't get it twisted now. Look. But my body's tired. And so I said, God, I'm, help me to prepare the word. And as I went to prepare the word, God had already laid it in my heart. I just needed to map some things out and flush it out. And as I go to flush it out, the computers kept freezing, kept freezing, kept freezing on me. Every time I get stuck, kept freezing. So I said, all right, devil, mm-hmm. we're going to go back to old school style. And let me get my pen and my paper. And I begin to write. And God just began to speak to me. And I just begin to write. And I begin to write. And I begin to write. And I said, well, you know, I got through. I finally got the computer working. And I got three pages of it typed up. Well, I was going to print it out and tweak a little something, something in it this morning or this afternoon after I left the church anniversary, the, the sister church or the mother church. Because not only is today the gathering church anniversary, but today is Bethel Gospel Assembly's 94th anniversary. Well, well, God had another thing in store. Baby, the Holy Ghost came in and run, run shot all over that place. I mean, bodies were everywhere. I mean, God was speaking in the room. We were in service from 1130, and when I left at 3.30, they were still going, and not one person was ready to go. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost ran a, a ransack 
in that place. Everybody came out. You know, I'm not going to lie. I brushed my hair a little down before I came on in here and didn't want to hurt you. But we came out looking like we've been through war and we were ready to fight the battle. I'm telling you, the man of God had a word in season for that house. And just as the man of God had a word, I plan to go, you know, because the bishop released me. So, you know, you come to the first service as a, you know, an elder, and then you release because he knew I had to come and be with the gathering church today. Well, the Holy Ghost arrested me and said, you're not going nowhere. You're going to get back because, see, the first service started at 8 o'clock, and it's supposed to end at, like, you know, 10 o'clock. But the first service that was supposed to start at 8, it started at 8, but it really never ended. Like, the 8 o'clock service just ran right into the 1130 service, and it kept going. So, meanwhile, I was supposed to go and print my stuff up, and I never had a chance to print it up. And I said, the devil's a liar. And then God had to remind me, don't you give the devil credit for what I've already orchestrated. I said, ooh, ooh, getting a little nasty on me, God. All right. God orchestrated. You know why God orchestrated? He allowed me to write it because he knew he had a word in store for me today. So he said, you really don't need the computer and you really don't even need the papers because the word that I want you to deposit in the spirits are all over there has already been deposited on you. So I want you to birth this thing and I want you to have a transferring of spirits today and I want you to connect with the man of God so he can see the vision that I've given to him because whenever God gives vision, he he always gives provision, and with the provision comes supervision. If you will submit to the will of God, not just for the man of God, but from the vision, he's going to give provision as he has already done. And you look at your life, just as I looked at the circumstances, say, God, I was supposed to print my paper. I like going up with my script. And you're always messing me up. And God is saying, you need to get used to this one. I'm going to preach this thing for you. I'm going to speak to your people. So let me just say this. You are not here by accident. Some of you may think you came as a visitation, you know, to come and celebrate. But God would ordain this night, uh, this hour, for you to be here for a reason. Get it. Get it. Don't you leave this place without getting it. With that said, I said, okay, God, so I'm going to submit to your will. He says, don't give the devil credit for what I've already ordained. Okay, why did he say that? He says that in my word, he says, Romans 8 and 28, he says, all things work together for the good of those who love God. All things. What did Paul say? He says, and we know. That's a statement of faith right there. Stop, 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 stop. My Bible readers. That's all right. I'll take my shoes off. Don't get it twisted. Okay. Don't get it twisted. Romans 8, 28. Paul says, and we know. There's no uncertainties. That, now go back. He says, and we what? We what? He said, and we're not guessing. We didn't, we're not figuring out. That's a, that's a statement of certainty. And we know. This has already been done. God has already proven himself. And we know that all things. He said, not just anything, but all things. You mean to tell me the fact that we can't pay the bills? All things. You mean to tell me that I'm wrecked in my body and they're telling me I might have cancer? All things. You mean to tell me I can't pay tuition and that's coming from God? Paul says, all things. You mean to tell me that my wife has left me, my baby daddy and ran out? All things. That encompasses everything that you've been through.
in your life, don't you dare have a pity party. The fact that Paul says, and we know, that's the pity party crasher right there. We already know that. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Every single thing that you've gone through, everything that you will go through, it's working together. Now, stop, 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 stop. He didn't say that all things were good. But he said that all things work together for the good. Everything's going to work together for the good. So it doesn't necessarily have to be good in your eyesight and what you understand it to be. But it will work together for good. And not just for good, but for those who love him. Mm. You know, we got the fakers. You know, y'all fakers. You didn't fake me, but you can't fake Christ. You sit and play church as you want. Come and lift your hands high. And come and cry before the Lord. But this church, the real, the, the real Christians in the house, you're going to see who they are. Because everybody that does not serve the true and living God, they're going to die off in this ministry. And I'm not talking about a physical death. But there will be a death where they will just begin to diminish away. And God's going to show you who the real worshipers are. And in the little, he's going to take your little and he's going to make much. He says, keep the, the vision. The burden that you have, your burden is going to produce produce vision and more vision and more vision and more vision if you will open up yourself into the will of God it's not even what you dreamt now it's something greater than that it's something greater and that's the word that God has given to me today that your latter shall be greater than the former oftentimes we begin to think that when we talk about the latter being greater than the former that the latter had to be something negative your latter didn't have to be negative it could have been good See, there's, there's, there's a paradigm shift there. there, there there's, the, there's, the, there's the Egypt and there's the Canaan. All right, if you go with me, my Bible reader's in here. If you're not a Bible reader, that's all right, baby. When you leave here tonight, you're going to go home and get yourself a Bible because you got to get this thing right. Ain't no more playing church. God is looking for the remnant. Let me tell you something. The seats in this place has got to be multiplied in the next month. In the next month, there shall not be an empty seat in this church. And if it is, that is blood on your hand. God didn't just call you to come, but you ought to bring somebody else with you when you are coming. We are to grow the kingdom of God, not to sit in and get fat and get get, get very fat and, and nice and, oh, I'm blessed. And what God has done for me, and he's moving in my life. But what about the sinner? What about the lost? He says that I've come for the lost, too. Somebody had to come out and get you. Now, who are you going to go get? Okay, but let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go. He said, he said um, let, me, let me go back to the text. He, uh, uh, help me, Jesus. He says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and that are called. The real Christians, the ones that are, that are called. That doesn't mean that you're called to be a preacher. You know, don't get it twisted. As soon as you get saved, everybody want to be a preacher. You know how it is? Go out on the street corner. Go to your class. Go to your house. Start right there. That's, that's, your, that's the platform. Everywhere you work, that is the sphere of influence that God has given you. What are you doing? How's your church? Okay. How's your church? Every place that God plants you, he plants you there for a reason. Listen, understand that you're not there for employment. God is your employer. God is your employer. Wherever your hands, your feet, wherever he causes your foot to tread, he is your employer, and you're there on assignment. Never forget that. 
It is an assignment. And guess what? It's only a temporary assignment. You have work to do. You're not there to make best friends. You're not there. If you do, that's great. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. But that's not your ultimate goal. You are there to put flesh on the gospel and to make Jesus Christ come alive in the sphere of influence that he's giving you. He's giving you boldness. You heard the dance. They just danced. I decree it. I know. Let me not even go there. Jesus Christ. Everybody decreeing, decreeing. Well, why they ain't coming to pass if you decree it? Because there ain't no faith. Ain't no faith, no power. Where's your faith? Well, 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 I, you know, I, I just been saved for three months. Well, well, where's your faith? Well, I do believe God, but where's your faith? Well, you know, God, no, 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 no. What did he tell Moses? Even though I can't see it, he said, stretch out your hand. Can you believe God for what you cannot see? I mean, that's what faith really is. We sometimes get it twisted. You know, pray for me. Pray for yourself. Lay hands on yourself. It's great that you would come in, and I would love to pray for you. But how about you lay hands on yourself and believe God to do the miraculous in your own life, and then come back and pray for me. Sometimes people want me to pray for me. Look, pray for me. Pray for you. Pray you. Pray for me. I need prayer. Don't get it twisted. You know, you know how it is. Y'all give the preach. Y'all give the preachers a bad rap. That's all right. I don't go here nowhere. Yeah, you know that. You know, I don't go here nowhere. And Pastor Arthur be up here next week, so y'all can stone me when I leave. Hey, glory, hallelujah. But you know how y'all do. Soon as the pastor make a mistake, oh, but let you fall, let you come short. Oh my God, the mercy, the love, the care, the nurturing, the support that they're able to give you. But us as Christians, I'm telling you, church folks. We something else. We are something. Y'all know y'all something. No, it's me, too, it's me, too. We are something else in the body. But you got to love us. Just got to love each other for everything that God has put inside of you. You got to love church folk. Even in the difficult times, you got to love them. You got, there's so much to thank God for, even in this body. And, and even before I leave, as I said, that the Lord told me to call all every member, not the people that come and rob and steal and feast on the word, but are too scared to, like, really give their heart. He didn't say that, but he said uh, to call them. And I want to lay hands on the church members of the gathering church, the, the, the members who committed themselves unto this ministry. I want to lay hands on you. Because I believe God, and if, if, if either the Lord is a lie, but I'm believing multiplication. And I saw it in my spirit that this is your season. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you that the word that the Lord has given me. Go to the book of Haggai. I want to talk about the prophet for just a moment. The book of Haggai, chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 1. God, I'm going to try to get this thing out the way. Hallelujah. And sit down. Glory. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord reads as thus. In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetal, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehotadak, 
the high priest and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet, now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake in heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Here lies the reading of the word of the Lord. And why would God give me that? Well, if we look at the the prophet Haggai, he wrote this text. And he wrote this text 66 years after destruction of the temple. So we have 66 years have gone by where the children of Israel have no place. They have no place because the temple has been destroyed. And now they're looking at their situation, and they're looking at it as doom and gloom. Woe is us. But God sends the prophet Haggai, and he sends the prophet Haggai with a word. And Haggai gives them a word of hope. Haggai gives them a word of encouragement. He says, he says this happened after the children of Israel had been taken into Babylonian captivity. And now Ezra and Nehemiah, they've all come back to rebuild the temple. And Haggai came back and, and asked, does anybody remember? That's the first thing he asked. He says, does anybody remember the temple that Solomon built? Now, the temple that Solomon built? Solomon built a grand temple. He built it with the finest things. He had the riches and he had the money. You know, uh, Wall Street couldn't go corrupt for Solomon. The way he orchestrated it, the way he had it. You could compare what, uh, uh, Solomon was even greater than Trump. And Trump Towers, the way he had it decorated and, 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 and all of its splendor. Everybody knew about Solomon's temple. And he asked him, Haggai, he asked him, he says, is this not greater than the temple that Solomon built? And as the children of Israel looking at the new temple that's being built under Herod, King Herod's reign, they're looking at it like, this is the temple? You know, the same way when you looked at the members here, when Pastor Arthur took you from the hotel to the church front, and you said, this is where we going? At least we had... They service there. At least we had water with the ice machine there. Now we're in a little storefront. We don't know if Boo Boo and them or Willie and them outside waiting for us. And this where you taking us? And, this your, and he prayed. God has called us. Are you sure God has called us to this chat? I'm supposed to come in here and worship? And I can guarantee you lost the members just by the look of that temple. And then Solomon asked him, is that, and of course they had to say no. Because that little Herod thing could not compare 
decorated and built up. It could not compare. And the church front could not compare to the fancy hotel, the carpeted floors, you know, the nice smell because there's cleaners that come every day. And then you move from the, the, the church front to a, a school? Really? Really? In a chapel? Okay. Now, the Lord is moving. The Lord is speaking. But so many people got their eyes on the temple instead of the God that's inside the temple that they're not able to get the full manifestation and the destiny that God really wants to work in and through them because you're looking on the outside. And so God is speaking. And he's speaking through the prophet Haggai. The temple does not compare to the temple that Solomon built with all of its splendor. Then he says, even though it doesn't look like much now, and even though you can't remember, you can't remember what it looked like back then, because you have to understand, 66 years had passed. So if 66 years had passed, that means that the generation that he was looking at now, they, the older folk, were dying off. It was just the young people around him, and they weren't around 66 years ago. But now they're looking at it, and he's saying, listen, don't worry, because your latter shall be greater than the former. But don't get your eyes caught up on this. So even though it looks like this now, if we just wait on God, even though you're in this situation and you don't have as many members as you would want to have, if you just be obedient to God and go out and get them, so many people are worried about come ye, come ye. But God is saying, go ye, go ye. You waiting on them to come inside the church when God has called you to go on the outside of the church. Ain't nobody going to come in here unless the Lord sends them. But the greater field is on the outside. When are you going to go outside? Get out of your comfort zone. Take your cute shoes off. Pull your weed back just a little bit. Unloosen it and try to be relevant to the people in which in the community for which God has given you to bring them in. You are the church. got to read your Bible. You are the church. You are the church of the living God. So you're waiting on the increase. We're waiting on you. We are waiting on you to wake up and be obedient. First, hearing it, being obedient to the will of God. Hear God, be obedient to God. So even though you may not like where you are right now and even though you can remember when times were better for you in your past, and even though what's happening right here in the moment doesn't look like the better days, you'll remember in another season of your life, in another season of your life, it was, it, it was really bad. But God is saying, listen, your latter days will be greater than your former days. And what God tends to do is he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily have to denigrate what has already been, been done. But what he will do, sometimes, you know, you think you got to forget about your past to keep moving in your future. Or it was so bad in your past that God, he has to erase that from your memory so you can move into your future. But no, the word of God says he can take you from strength to strength. He can take you from glory to glory if you will allow God to do it for you. And I believe that even in this ministry, God is getting ready to take you from strength 
to strength from glory to glory. You've waited on God long enough. You've been patient. You've been obedient. And you cannot even see it right now. But I feel it in the spirit realm that your latter days will be greater than your former days. Why? Why? When you look at it even right now, and this is not to throw away anything that's already happened. Anything, not, I'm not just talking about the corporate church now. I'm talking about you even in your life. It does not matter because you're here under the sound of my voice. We tend to think that even now, when we talk about the latter days, I'm talking about it could have been good days, your latter days. They could have been excellent. You could have had a wonderful life. But the word of God, I didn't say it, but the prophet said it. He said that your latter days, that means your best day of your past shall be greater in the future. Your best days shall be greater. That is the promise of God. So why are you ready to give up? Why are you ready to quit? What's going on? Because a little negative has come into your life? Because you failed? Because you failed the test? Because the relationship went sour? Because there's sickness in your body? Because now your parents aren't saved anymore? Because you've lost your lust and your your zeal for the Lord? Why? Oh, now you want to give up? Honey, this is not the time for giving up. See, God allows that, 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 that season to come into your life. He allows that negativity, what seems like it's negative, but it's really not negative. Because he said, it was good that I was afflicted, that I may know your statues. If you don't go through something negative, some of you may never pray. Some of you may never seek the face of God if you hadn't gone through a difficult time. But it's those difficult times that will fuel you to lead and depend upon the Lord of hosts. It is in those down times that God takes them and he flips them around and he uses it for his honor and his glory. And he turns the negative into something positive. Isn't that a good God that you serve? Now I understand. And I was able to go back and say, wow, look at the God we serve. He would take a positive and connect it to something negative to start heat. Y'all ain't ready. We got to get them ready, Pastor. They not ready. You scared. You scared to go through a little something, huh? You scared of the devil. So many of us are playing on the defense. But God has called you once you cross over into the threshold of the kingdom of God. You are called to be on the offense. Now, on the offense, we know, we know that we wrestle against, we wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, we know, we know what we're up against. We know that the devil comes in to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I'm so glad at the end of the verse that it says that God has come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But what is so important. God related. He put it on my spirit. He said, come here, Peter. Come here, Peter. He says, look at the devil. The devil is like a roaring lion who's come to take you out. The devil is like, now, now can we stop right there? You know, y'all real spiritual and everything and like to quote scripture. You know, really church folks and stuff, you know. You never really let it sink into your spirit the devil somebody go to my uh, go to uh what is it uh first peter peter five and eight go to peter five and eight come on walk those bibles somebody read for me let's go read five and eight a what 
She said that the devil, he's as a roaring lion, roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. Now, now, now I know we ain't never been to the jungle, but anybody who ever watched The Lion King? In the jungle, the lion. Mufasa? Mufasa? Mufasa ain't never. Mufasa never roared. He never roared. You know why? Listen to what you just said. He comes, read it again. Stop. Your adversary, the devil. Your, your adversary, the devil. Your opponent, the devil. He comes as a roaring lion. Lions that come to really seek you. Lions that come to really get you. Lions that come to overtake you, they don't roar. They, they sit back in a cut with their hind legs stretched, and they're just looking, and they're seeking whom they may devour. But the Bible says that he comes, your adversary, roaring, roaring, seeking whom he may devour. That means that he, if he comes roaring, that means if there's sound coming out of his mouth, that means if you know something ain't right about this situation, it's a bluff. He's come to bluff you. He can't really take you, and he understands that he can't overtake you. So he's basically lying. He knows how much power he has, and as long as you allow him to keep you on the defense, I'm running, I'm running, instead of, come on, come on, come on, come on, I'm coming to get you, I'm coming to get you. The devil is a liar. The Bible says that at the mention of Jesus' name, demons shall flee. Shall flee. Shall flee. So he prowls around like a roaring lion. But he can't touch you. The devil can't take nothing that you don't give to him. You gave it away if he took it. You allowed him to touch it. But guess what? God is a redeeming God, and he'll allow you to get it right back. He'll allow you to go right down into the enemy's camp and take back everything that he stole from you, your children, your marriage, your health, your finances, your self-esteem. He'll allow you to take it back because it belongs to you and God and you and God alone. So here it is. There's three things, three things, three things. Because I know time is far spent. Let me say this. When you look in the, the, in the word in Haggai chapter 2, he says, be strong. He says, be strong three times. Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord. And be strong, all you people of the land. Gathering church, be strong, all ye people of this ministry. And be strong and believe God for what he said he already will bring to pass. God is going to let it come your way if you are strong. If you can pull up that he-man, that shero spirit inside of you and say no devil in hell can take this away from us because what God has ordained, it shall come to pass. My destiny shall be fulfilled. 
it shall come to pass. Come hell or high water, I'm going to stand on the word of the Lord. And it may not look like what I want it to look like. And it may not smell like what I want it to smell like. But I believe God. Is there anybody that believes God today? You don't see it, but you just believe. I just believe that God is not a man that he should lie. God will bring it to pass. It shall be done. There shall be milk and honey flowing in the land, my brother. Don't you give up. Be strong. And you've been standing on the battlefield by yourself a long time. And a lot of people like to take credit for what God has done. But God is still saying, be strong and wait on the Lord and your reward shall come. For he says that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. Will you seek me? You can't see it. You don't understand it, but you haven't lacked yet. He's come through every single time. Trust God's track record. Trust the track record of God. Remember that time when you really thought it was going to crumble and come to pieces, and yet God laid his hand upon it, and he breathed life into it. So what seemed like it was dead caused you to go deeper in him, and he began to shed and prune some stuff right off of you if you will believe the word of God and the vision and the burden that he's planted inside of you. It shall come to pass, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the naysayers, and there are the naysayers, there are the haters, but the haters are the ones that God calls to strengthen you because they think more of you than you think of yourself. They believe in you more than you believe in the God inside of you. So let the haters fuel you. Let the haters rise you up to the very standard that God has already mandated for your life. Walk in it. Walk in it. You don't have to understand it. God has already orchestrated it. It does not have to make sense. Things just happen, and they don't make sense, but that is the hand of God. Not on just you, but the ministry, because all this belongs to God. It does not matter how many people you have behind you. Nobody's mentoring you. God is your mentor. You don't need man at this point. God is saying, my spirit will speak inside of you. And you will breathe the word of God into the people of God. And you will cause them to go forth with power and courage. And they will stand boldly and flat-footed and declare the word of the Lord in this season. Not next season, but now your ladder shall be greater than your former. If you will believe God, it shall Come to pass. Mark my word, it will come to pass. Saith the Lord of hosts. The second, the first thing he says, he says to be strong. The next text, the next thing in the text that he tells them, the, the, the very next thing he says, uh, uh, work. You know, some of us, are, uh, we're a little contagious. Work, we're a little allergic to that. You know, you got a prescription, so you're allergic to work. Don't nobody want work, but you want a lot of recognition. Let the pastor forget to announce that you was out on the street corner helping the pastor out, whatever. Oh, he didn't call my name? I'm not doing it again. That's ridiculous. Like, I was out there, too. I was out there for five hours, and nobody even called my name. That's, like, ridiculous. Like, wow. Really? All your work is for the honor and glory of God. Never get it twisted. You don't need man to ever recognize you. 
They ain't never got to clap their hands or give you an applause. They don't never have to speak a word over your life. Would you stop looking for people to do it when the Holy Spirit is doing it? I am so tired of the generation that we are breathing in Christendom where we're waiting on people to do it. For You know, we are so stuck and locked into people. But I wish I could help raise a generation of young people, young adults, and just Christian-minded adults that will say, I believe God and I'm going to wait on God. Yes, you can confirm it in my spirit. Yes, you can intercede on my behalf. But everything that you tell me, God has already spoken it to me. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. With the church folk and all us crazy people in here, please, we'll be waiting forever to get an appointment with you, Pastor. Because everybody needs about two or three hours. And you got a life crisis every week, every day. You tell her you just want to give up. Oh, I'm nothing. I just don't feel like I love myself anymore. Knock it off. You were created in God's image. The imago Deo. Get over yourself. This is not about you, but it is about the work of God and his will for your life. And you will flow like rivers of water in this place and in this region that God has called you to. Say it, God. I come against the spirit of low self-esteem. Come against the spirit of having to put somebody else down so that you could feel raised up. God doesn't have to knock me down to bless you. His arms are wide. He's able to provide for both you and me. Come on, work. The Bible says to work while it is day, for the night is coming. We can play church if we want. You can play and think that tomorrow is coming if you want. I work in a school where young kids are dying off. Trust me. All kind of just nonsense happening. And they come back and they're dead. Oh, they're not going to be coming back. What happened? It was a tragedy. It was a tragedy. Nonsense. Nonsense. And we tend to think like, oh, we're doing God a favor because you showed up today. You're doing God a favor because I said, oh, what, is there anything you have to thank God for? Amen. But the same fervor that you went in asking God for something is the same fervor of prayer that you need to take the time out to thank him for what he blessed you with. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. He's a good God. Work while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. God has called you. Yes, you, 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 yes, you, 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 yes. There's a call on your life. Yeah, you and your call does not look like my call. And don't wait for me to tell you what the call is because I'm not Jesus. I didn't hang on the cross for you. But he will. He will tell you. But you got to seek him. You got to seek him. And you got to get intimate with him to know what is it that God would have you do as a part of this body. And individually, where would God have you to serve? And lastly, he says, be strong. And I say to the gathering church today, be strong. Be strong and in the power of his might. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the numbers right now. Because the numbers are coming. The numbers are coming. Your finances don't even make sense in this church. <laughs> but Jesus does the increase. <laughs> he takes the little and he makes it much. He says, if you could be faithful in the basement, I will raise you up to the penthouse. But I got to be sure that I could trust you with the basement before I put you in the penthouse. Can he trust you? And God is saying, even now. For people that have come and gone and come and gone, you're showing me that you're faithful. And with that, 
I'll take you to the penthouse. I'll take you to the spiritual level, but never get it twisted. Once you get there, stay humble. Because God's going to raise you up, but stay humble. It's not about you, but it's the glory of God that is inside of you. It is the humility that he's already planted inside of you. You have really nothing to do with it. It's out of your lack that God is really doing it. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It is going to be God that is going to work through you and in you to do a supernatural increase. I'm telling you, I believe it in my spirit as I stand here flat-footed right now that God is going to do an increase in this region in your ministry. Be ready. Be ready. So often God opens the door for many of you. God tells you, you ask God, 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 I need, 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 need. God, I want, 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 want. God, bless, 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 bless. God, give, 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 give. All right. We have an audition today for the Dance Theater of Harlem. They want you to come and do their Christmas show. They want you to do a Christian piece. They want you to do something about the birth of Christ. Oh, I ain't got my tap shoes. I ain't got my dance shoes. I ain't got my ballet shoes. They want to give you an increase in your financial aid. They want you to write the essay and turn it in tomorrow. Oh, I fell asleep. Can I get an extension? Okay. They want you to actually go out and minister with some people of influence. And they don't know why, but they're sensitive to the Spirit of God, and they've called you. Well, 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 I don't have a word. I, I, I. I need to study. Uh, I, I, I need to pray. I, 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 I need to seek the Lord. Uh, they want you to come and build a ministry. Out of your mess, God has made it a ministry. They want you to come. Well, 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 it's not really written out yet. Well, when y'all want me to come? Can I get a little time? No, we want you to lead this ministry. God said it's you. I need to pray about it. I I, I need to seek the Lord about it. Well, let me get back to you and see what the Lord said. Knock it off. The devil is a liar. That is the spirit of fear. And you know what fuels fear? Laziness is the fuel for fear. It's because we're lazy. That's all. You're lazy. And make every excuse in the book. Okay, you want to call it excuse, call it excuse, call it what you want. I don't really care, but you're lazy. We are lazy. We are lazy about the things of God. But if it was for your paycheck, there's something in you that just makes it happen. But when it becomes the things of God, we falter a bit. But God is saying enough of that because you are moving now into a new season. And you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be able to walk into the door and the destiny that he has opened for you. Are you ready? Get yourself together. What is it that God has called you to do? Where is he taking you? What is it that you have in your hand? What has he revealed to you? Have you even prayed and asked God? Come on, people. Come on, children of God. The Lord is saying even now, what you thought was good, that does not compare to the promise that I've given you. I'm going to take you even into a new house of worship because the people that I'm sending your way, they can't fit in the sanctuary that I've given you. They can't fit. Are you ready? 
Worship team, are you ready? How much do you rehearse? Are you ready? Come on, come on, come on. How much do you seek the Lord about worship? Are you ready? Dance ministries, are you ready? Just by the very flow of your arm, there ought to be an extension of the anointing that flows from your hands, that falls from your feet, that even as you pass by, the anointing will slay people in the spirit realm. That's how thick it is on you. Are you ready? If you now, you're going to get left behind. That's ready, Pastor, because your ladder is going to be greater than the former. Your eight years, it was cute. It was real cute. But God is saying, now I'm about to step you up. I'm about to step you up. And it ain't going to be easy. Because remember, to whom much is given, much is required. But everything that you need, I'm the God of provision. And I'm already preparing you for it. Just say yes. The last thing he says, he says, listen, be strong. He says, work. And then he tells you, do not fear. You are not even competent for what God is about to give you. You're not even ready, children of God, for where God is about to take you. You're not even ready for the sphere of influence that he's giving you. You don't even have the right language, the right vocabulary, even the right vernacular in the places and the, the areas that he's going to bring you to. But because God has called you there, it is the Holy Spirit that will do the increase in you. He takes your inadequacy and he makes you adequate. It is God that makes you adequate. He's the one that calls you you so don't get it twisted it's not about you you don't have to do much but just say yes and prepare whatever he says to do do it whatever he says to do do it don't delay do it saith the lord because your ladder is going to be greater than the former why just as he said and i'm going to close just as he said you know when he built solomon's house he said the glory the glory shall the glory shall follow you everything that you need everything that you think that you need he said the silver he said the gold is mine it belongs to god so everything that you need hey 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 look out devil i got this God's got it inside of me, and it shall come to pass. So what does he mean when he told him? He said, look, you know the house that you see, Solomon's house, yes, it was great. And you're looking at Herod's house, but what he was really talking about, when you look at the temple, the temple that he is, that is the temple that Jesus Christ comes through. And whenever Jesus Christ comes through the temple, oh, whenever Jesus walks in, it is the glory of God that is illuminated in the place that makes it greater than anything there ever could be. So why is your ladder going to be greater than the former? Because the Prince of Peace, uh, the King of Kings, uh, the Lord of Lords, uh, the Lord of Hosts shall come into your temple. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but not even just the church, uh, not even just Solomon's church I'm talking to, but now I'm going to talk even in the natural realm. You are the church, the temple of the Lord, it does dwell within you. You are the temple of God. So with that, Jesus passes through. And he passes the moment you accept him into your life. You become greater than anything that man's hands could have ever made. Because the king of glory lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. And there ain't nothing the devil in hell can do about it. Because when God blesses, no man and no demonic spirit can really saturate destiny that God has taken from, that's given to you unless you allow him to take it from you. But today, I wonder if there's anybody in the house that is decreeing their destiny over their own life and saying, God, I believe what you've spoken into my spirit. And even if God didn't speak it into your spirit, you're asking God today, Lord, speak to me. Make it very plain 
and clear what it is that you've desired for my life. Because God, I want my latter days to be greater than my former days, Lord God. It is my desire. Is there anybody in here that can really say that I'm ready to be strong? I'm ready to work. And I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. You can take me to the highest mountain and I can look down and see the valley that I got to go through. But I'm not afraid because I know that my latter will be greater than my former because I believe that it was David that said that they, that they, that though I walk through the shadow of death, he says uh, that I'm walking in green pastures. uh, And in the beginning there were green pastures and then he had to walk through the shadow of death. But the greatest thing is that he says that the latter, the latter green shall be greater in the former days. So even though I have to walk through the shadow of death, when I get through, when I get over, the days on the other side will even be greener over there. So I can glorify God for that. And I'm so excited that God is a promise keeper, that he will never take away the promise that he's already birthed inside your spirit. So now it's time for you to connect to connect with this God that I speak about. And there may be somebody in this room that does not have a relationship, a relationship with God. And you're saying, yeah, preacher lady, that sounds great and everything, but I don't even know this Jesus that you speak about. But today you're trying to say, you know what? I didn't done everything else on my own. I didn't gave it a try. I was going to wait until I have it all together and, you know, get my life right. And then I was going to come and give my heart to this Lord. But Today is the day. I feel it in my spirit right now, and this is the hour, and, and I'm ready to move from my latter day. I'm ready to move uh, 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 from my former days to my latter days. I'm, I'm ready to move in, in, in the flow of the spirit. I'm ready to move into my destiny. And right now, you're saying in your heart, God, she's speaking to me. And it's not really me speaking to you, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking. If that is you, would you raise your hand and let me pray for you? Is there anyone in here that would say, I want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to accept him as my Savior. Is that anyone in here? Anybody? Anybody? Don't be afraid. If you're afraid to own, uh, to own God right now, he'll be afraid to own you, own you in his kingdom. Is there anybody in here? You don't know the Lord. You never accepted him to your heart. You never prayed the sinner's prayer. You come to church, but you don't know God. Coming to church... You could be headed to hell in a handbasket just coming to church. Is that you? Is that you? Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Every person that says they're a Christian at some point in their life had to stop and give their hearts to God. Every single one of us. It's not a time to embarrass you, but it's a time to pray with you, to pray for you. It will be the greatest decision that you could ever make. Hey, God will do something new in your life. You will never be the same, but you shall be changed in Jesus' name. Now, is there anybody else, the backslider? God is married to the backslider, the daughter, the son that ran away, and now you're saying, God, it's time. The Lord is saying, come home, come home. It's time, it's time. I hear that even now, it's time. It's time. Would you come, 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 come quickly. Move when the Spirit of the Lord is saying to move. Don't wait till I leave and the anointing leaves me to ask me to pray for you. The time is now. If it's you and you know that you have not been walking uprightly before the Lord, you've been doing, you know, you may have come every now and then, but you're not really walking with the Lord. You're in a backslidden state. You're in that dry season. And, and God, you, you, you know, you just haven't been in relationship with him. If that is you, come now so that I may pray with you.
Come. Come. You're not by yourself. Thank you, my sister, but you're not by yourself. The next person, come now. Move when the Spirit is saying to move. That's what I'm talking about when I say obedience, obedience. God is speaking to you now. Move. Listen, we don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. If you should pass, if Christ should come today, can you honestly say that, God, I'm in right relationship with you, and, Father, if you desire me today, not my will, but your will be done, I'm yours. Take me. Come. Give myself away. Whoa. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Whoa. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Whoa. One more. Where are you? I give myself away. Well, wait, one more verse for you. So you can use me. Don't delay your destiny. I give myself away. Whoa. I give myself away. So you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. I need one more. The Lord is calling you, and we're waiting for you. Come on. Come on. I don't know who you are, but come on. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. I give myself away. Oh, 